Good afternoon, friends. Welcome to another grand and glorious day in the best little city in America, Sioux Falls, South Dakota, where we will spend the next couple hours on the Patrick Lally Show engaged in energetic and entertaining conversation on local, state, and national news and politics, sports and leisure, education and development. Well, it was going to be sports. We had to make a we had to make a small change in the lineup today, but don't you worry about that. Everything's going to be all right. Everything is going to be fine. Fine. Everything's going to be fine. Uber producer Dan Peters is here bringing you the latest in news and weather, as you heard at the top of the hour. Thanks for spending some time with us today through your radio out there cruising around on Information 1000. Streamed live on KSOO.com or on the KSOO branded mobile app that is available now in various app stores, whether that's on your iOS systems, your Android systems, your, I don't know, Linksys, JavaScript. These are the things I don't know. After we get past iOS and Android, that's all I know. Remember, you can always follow along on our Facebook feed at KSO's page, Facebook Live, or on their Twitter account at P. Lally Show. Good news! Good news! The storm has passed. Bad news! Bad news! Here comes another one. Oh, you know, I, I have the song that'll soothe your soul, Patrick. Oh, here it comes. Here we go. Here we go. Morning when I rise, here we go. Because you said everything's going to be all right. That's exactly, man. See, this is, there it is. Everything's going to be all right. We've got a 70s vibe going today. There we go. We're just going to go laid back, let our hair, you know, flow, because we got hair and beards. It's the 70s. This guy don't now, but I, you know, in the 70s I had hair. Not anymore. Anyway, the storm has passed. Uh, uh, absolutely nothing else happened this weekend. It was a full-on lockdown, stay-at-home-in-the-jammies kind of weekend. I did have to shovel. and I no- But I noticed uh, a lot of Facebook posts. This made me happy. Dan, you'll like this. Uh, I, lo- I noticed a lot of Facebook posts, people saying uh, that their snowblowers broke down for one reason or another. You know, the pins sheared off. You know how the pins get sheared off. And if then, they have pins to be sheared, they would get sheared off. Do they all have pins? Thing. Are there pinless snowblowers? Uh, probably not. Okay. Because that's like a safety measure, right? Tell you what, if we could invent one, we could probably sell a few. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, they weren't surviving the big heavy snow, and then when it froze, it just got worse. And uh, so, you know, I took some satisfaction out of that because, it, you know, it was hard work and all, but my shovel, my trusty $10 shovel, it's all scraped down now because it's plastic, basic, flat kind of shovel. It's still going. It's made it through the winter. Now, I'll admit that some kind soul in the neighborhood did uh, come through and, and uh, snow below the sidewalk. So that was nice. I didn't have to do that. That always helps. Uh, but I still had to do the driveway, you know, and that's triple garage situation. And uh, that's always difficult. That's a lot of square footage. It, 
it's a lot of just open concrete in which I decided we didn't need that much open concrete for the next week. So I just, I didn't do that third. I, I did enough to get the cars out, but not all of it. I that's just ridiculous. Oh, yeah. I'll still give you props for that. Yeah, thanks, man. I appreciate it. I can still get my bikes out, and I think that's what matters. I, you know, I little pathway to the to the bike garage, but it's fine. It was weird, though, because when, when I was out shoveling, so uh, at, in, in, at my house, uh, uh, we drugged the kids outside, made them come outside, made some snow angels, hucked some snowballs around, all that kind of stuff, you know, big fun in the snow. Ah! And, well, we were the only people out. And Sunday afternoon, it was pretty nice. It was perfect snowball weather. I threw some snowballs at the window to scare the cats. Good times, good times. But nobody else came outside. It was very weird. Why, how come nobody, I don't get it. But wasn't it also kind of weird when you were trying to shovel on Sunday? And usually in the wintertime when you're shoveling, there is no other sounds. But when the birds are chirping, Yes. While you're trying to shovel snow, that is just a, a texture that you don't normally ever have to consider. You know, it's funny you should mention that because I did notice, and especially the uh, there's robins now, and so they were around, and the cardinals were singing. But the robin, like at one point, I'm shoveling, and they this robin comes lands, I mean, not three feet away from me, and just sits there. And I don't know, they want to be like near the open pavement, I guess. And there's not that many places to go because it's warmer. I I don't know. It was it was weird. It just sat there and looked at me for about a minute, and then kind of flew away. Uh, well, the the robins in our neighborhood they they were kind of like having a party, yeah. And and they wanted to to get about half dozen, eight of them, and they would all congregate <laughs> in an area on the front stoop of our house because it's kind of sheltered there. Yeah, because that's out of the wind and there's less snow. But boy, they make a mess. They're just kind of like your, <laughs> you know, your drunk buddies. They come over, they make a mess, and then they leave. But yeah, and but we actually it. we ended up feeding them, oh. and so we took some oatmeal and just kind of dumped some out on the, on the uh, the front step, and then they made some more mess. Of course, well, it's because you fed them. <laughs> I know, but they're God's creatures. That's so right. we just had to make sure that that they that they were well taken care of because you know what are they going to do? Robin, the American robin is a highly underappreciated bird. It's a beautiful bird, especially close up, you know. So, that, you know, bless you for doing that, Dan. Bless you. Thank you. You're welcome. Uh, we, we've got, I'm going to have, we got a lot of snow-related stuff today. There's just nothing we can do about it. Uh, and uh, we'll get back to that in a minute. But we've got a great show for you today. Uh, first off, a, a programming note. I said last week that mayoral candidate Paul Tenhaken would be on the show today. We've had a scheduling conflict there for him and uh, came up over the weekend. So we'll have Paul on Thursday. Thursday, that's Thursday if you're scoring at home, if you're changing, adjusting your whiteboard for the Patrick Lally show schedule, Paul Tenhicken on Thursday. Uh, today, we, we're very pleased to have Randall Beck back on the program to talk about the Hope Coalition, which is funding pre-K education for hundreds of Sioux Falls children who otherwise couldn't afford it. Randall has some exciting news to pass on about a major development for that organization. I should say it's going to be hundreds. I don't think they got 200 yet this year, but we'll, we'll let Randall tell you all about that. Scott Hudson will be our weird friend of the day, begrudgingly. He's our begrudging weird friend. He's filling in for another emergency situation for the comic. We had just juggling schedules all over the place today, but 
Scott will be in, and we'll find out how you can get all your sensitive documents properly destroyed, because that is a question. How do you destroy your sensitive documents other than sitting, you know, and just tearing them up yourself? Who buys their own shredder? I, I don't have one. You have your own shredder? I have my own shredder. We're all going to go over to Dan's place and shred our sensitive documents. Uh, no, Jesse Schmidt of the uh, Better Business Bureau will be with us in the show about 345, and she'll tell us about an event they have coming up. You just bring your stuff over there. It'd be awesome. And I'll have a P&L statement just after the break. Today's topic, snow removal. Yep, snow removal. There you have it, people. That's all coming up on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. 319 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Oh, yeah, we're getting a little closer to free here today on the PNL statement with our friends, the Bodines. Everybody wants to be Ah, yeah, so I'm reading all the news over the weekend, and it's just Comey, 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 Comey. Comey, Comey Cohen, and then some more Comey. Comey Chameleon, maybe. Comey, 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 Comey Chameleon. There we go. He's coming out with a book tomorrow. Yeah, his book comes out tomorrow. So he's been all over the place. And, uh, you know, it's pretty salacious stuff. But I didn't want to talk about that today. Nah. And then locally, no news, really, because of... The blizzard. The, the blizzard was the news. It was just all blizzard all the time. We got 14 inches of snow. That's significant. It's a big dang deal. So, you know, there wasn't anything real controversial to talk about. Huge snow. Huge. 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 It was huge. We can play China for the huge snow. So, let's talk about the snow. A couple things. Uh, so, this morning, this is all about how we are fanatical about snow removal in this town. Fanatical. And But (laughs) this morning, I'm running a few things before going to work. So 8 o'clock in the morning, I'm coming down the worst, and I knew this was going to happen. I knew it was going to be bad, and I usually don't have to come down 26th Street through that southeastern 229 jumble mess that is an intersection. And traffic starts backing up, you know, before Cleveland. I'm like, ah, Deliva. And I get up there closer and I realize the reason it's backed up is because everybody has to go into one lane because the plows are out there pushing the snow back into the middle of the road. So, you know, windrowing it so they can come and pick it up. Uh, You know, which is something that we do regularly here in the best little city in America, and that's fine. Uh, but it was 8 o'clock in the morning on a Monday after it had just snowed. I mean, you know, what's, what's the rush, first of all? And even if you want to, can't you wait till 9, 
maybe there'd be a little less traffic going through what is arguably the worst traffic corner in the city. Eh, we're going to get out there about eight, start pushing some snow around. At times it was completely shut down because you got those graders, you know, they, they're backing up and they're moving around and they're doing just the hill at 26th, between 26th and Cleveland and Southeastern. Ah, I was upset. I have photos. I may be posting something later on uh, KSO.com. It's just timing. I, 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 this is why I ride my bike, by the way. Because you don't have to deal. See, I am I am inexperienced at dealing with this sort of thing. Uh, now, the other thing that's going on, everybody, and we're going to talk a little bit about this later with Mr. Galen Huber of the uh, Sioux Falls uh, Street Department, Public Works, uh, because everybody's complaining about no snow gates. Apparently, they broke off about 10 of them before they figured out it wasn't going to work because it was big, heavy snow. It was a lot of snow. It was big, heavy snow. We knew this going in. This was a demonstrated shortcoming of snow gates that if you got a bower than about six inches, particularly wet, it's not going to work. Not going to work. Now, not only, even when they have the snow gates and they're working, they can't get close to the curb or as close to the curb as they used to. And they can't go as fast because that means the snow doesn't get thrown as far. So the streets just get narrower and narrower and narrower if there's more and more snow. Can you imagine how if they had actually been using the snow gates? Because I noticed when they went by on Sunday, they were moving along pretty good. If they had to use the snow gates, we'd have like one way, one way streets because they wouldn't have been able to get pushed that stuff far enough. Ugh. Yes, it was a lot of snow. That's life. No snow gates. What is wrong with us? We've gone completely soft at this point. This city... That I love. I love my city, all right? It is the best little city in America. By the way, that is, I did coin that term, that phrase. You will see it used now in play. Wikipedia, for instance. Somebody calls it the best little city in America on the Sioux Falls entry. That's mine. Trademark. I don't have a trademark, but it's mine. We are more aggressive about snow removal in this town than perhaps anywhere in the country. Minneapolis, Des Moines, Sioux City. These are places I have lived and spent a lot of time. They don't clear snow like it's going to, you know, leave a stain on the street. They don't get it off. We all like a nice, clean street. I get it. And for me, riding my bike around in the winter, awesome. Love it. There's no doubt about that. But it seems like maybe we've lost a little perspective on timeliness and thoroughness when it comes to plowing the streets. Maybe, just maybe. So, you know, this morning out there, 8 o'clock in the morning, doing the uh, cleanup, doing the pushback into the middle bit. And I know there's more snow coming, but man, it ain't that bad. It's going to melt, right? We all just need to take a breath a little bit, get our bearings a little bit. It's going to be all right. It's a theme for the day. Everything's going to be fine. Snow is just part of life. I can't believe how everybody gets so worked up about it. Look at me. I just got worked up about snow myself. I fell into my own trap. My my own snow trap. It's going to be all right. We'll have Galen Huber on later, and he can he can remind us that everything's going to be okay. That's the bottom line on today's P&L statement. 
agree or disagree, you can email me, Patrick at KSO.com. You can message us on the Twitter machine, P Lally Show. That's P L A L L E Y Show on Twitter. We're going to come right back after the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters, and we'll talk with Scott Hudson for Weird Friends, see how he's doing. I think he's all right. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three thirty-four on the Patrick Lally Show, Information One Thousand KSOO. And we bring in uh, Scott Hudson today for Weird Friends. Scott was kind enough to pick up the phone <laughs> when we had yeah. a bit of a scheduling emergency. You know, I tell you what, this show. Everybody that's on this show today was not planned to be on the show on Friday. It. That the schedule went completely out the window through the course of the day. So I appreciate you doing this, Scott. No problem. I'm I'm always here. <laughs> yes, you are. And and not only do I appreciate it, but the listeners appreciate it. And I think that's uh, what's most well, important. Yeah, I'm sure dozens of them are just dying to hear what I have to say today. <laughs> now, uh, do you want to? Do you even want to address what today is? It's. Today's the day I do my taxes. <laughs> Which is what, the last possible day to do taxes, right? Well, it's because I know I owe. <laughs> <laughs> I owe, I owe. And yes. I may, uh, you know, a new wrinkle that I didn't know I had to do that I don't understand means I'll probably just file an extension. Ah, there you go. That's fine. <laughs> That's easy. Well, let's let's not go too far. As long as you got something in the mail and postmarked to the IRS, you're okay. Yeah, <laughs> you can always say I did. I did. I thought I, I. What? I did it. No, that doesn't work <laughs> with them, does it? No. Yeah. Uh, say you know, we haven't talked about this, uh, but I know that you are a big fan of Record Store Day, which is coming up. It's this week, isn't oh, it? Oh yeah. It's this Saturday, and Record Store Day is Christmas and birthday and Fourth of July and Halloween and Valentine's Day and Father's Day, all in one day. Uh, Because you can buy something for everybody. No, because I buy a lot of stuff for myself. I don't (laughs) buy anything for anyone else. Well, I thought that might be the case. It's the day that I keep multiple record stores in this town in business. (laughs) And that's mighty kind of you. What is Record Store Day? Well, uh, it's, it now happens twice a year. It started off as a once-a-year thing. Uh, it started in 2007. Um, to, I mean, the, the, the reasoning for Record Store Day is to, and I'm getting this from the Wikipedia page, just to make sure I got it right, to, quote, celebrate the culture of the independently-owned Record Store Day. Yeah. And uh, so what, what happens is, for both of these days, uh, uh, the record companies, both indie and major, although mainly indie, uh, they put out a bunch of limited edition releases that's only available that one day. That's cool. And only independent record stores that participate in Record Store Day are allowed to sell this stuff. That's pretty cool. So, like, what kinds of things, do you, do you know what will be there right now? Uh, yeah, I mean, you, you do have, well, you kind of do, um, because everything is limited edition. You don't really know what 
your individual local record stores are going to have. Mm. But you can go to, uh, I think it's recordstoreday.com or something along those lines, and you will get a, you can see a list of everything that is coming out. Um, but some things are so limited that, you know, you, your store might not actually get it. I see. But that's, that makes it a little bit more exciting, though. Yes. Oh, yes, yes. Because, uh, I mean, there have been a couple years where there's something that I had to have to have to have to have, mm-hmm. you know, because there were the replacements, for example. Mm-hmm. And I didn't know if, um, if I was going to be able to. And, of course, I was. So I was, I was a happy boy. So is there anything this year that has particularly piqued your attention? Uh, yeah, there's so, I know something you might be interested in, even though you're not really a vinyl head. Mm-hmm. Uh, there is, uh, when, when, the, when the Wilco um, being their expanded version came out last year, there was a concert attached to it. Yeah. And there's a vinyl version of that concert coming out. So this is a, it's like a radio broadcast from 1996, you mm-hmm. know, prime, prime Wilco era. That's sweet. Yeah, so it's and that's, it's kind of, that's what a lot of this stuff is. It'll be it'll be concert footage, I mean concert audio, uh, outtakes, rare mixes, repressings of records that have been out of print for a long time. That that's the kind of material you see. I mean, it's for it's it's an ultimate music buying geek day. Well, that's cool, and it's a, just a good reason to go by the record store too. Oh yeah, definitely. definitely. It gets you out of the house. Yeah, I mean. <laughs> Yeah, well, yeah, in my case, that's a rare thing. Uh, <laughs> I mean, the theory is, it's to get, uh, the reason it was created in 2007, it's not so much the case anymore because vinyl is, like, super big again. Mm-hmm. But in 2007, it was, um, as the music industry was destroying itself from within, it was a way to get people to actually go to stores once again. Yeah, because, you know, it's so easy to buy music anymore. Now you have to... You have to sell some sort of experience, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and it's funny because in the last three, four years, and I, and I think vinyl is a big reason for it, people are enjoying going to record stores once again. Yeah. So when we talk about Sioux Falls, what are we talking about in terms of record stores? Um, the uh, Total Drag is, is one. Ernie November, has, has, of course, is another. They've always been involved in mm-hmm. it. Uh, Last Stop is also part of it. Um, I'm not going to say who of the three does a better job or who's going to have more. No, that's not important. And they all go through somewhat similar, you know, distributors. And, uh, but there's differences in what each store has. I mean, I hit all three. Yeah, and so you'll get different things at Last Stop CD Shop. Than, and yeah. we should tell people, so Total Drag, if you're interested, Total Drag Records, which is a, a nice quirky little shop with live music down on 12th and 2nd, kind of right next to the uh, the uh, post office there downtown. Yep. That's a cool yep. spot. And then uh, Ernie November used to be on West 12th Street. Not there anymore if, you're, if your brain is not recalibrated. It's on Minnesota at about 30, what, 1st? Something like that? Yeah, yeah, about 31st. It's in that long strip mall there that goes from uh, yeah. 27th down next to where Hanteman had his... Uh, yeah. Campaign headquarters. Right next to the f- formerly known as the Enemon Campaign headquarters. <laughs> and then uh, Last Stop CD Shop has two spots, one on 41st Street when what used to be the Timber Lodge Steakhouse. Yep. That place is huge. And then East 10th Street, 
where also they have the White Wall Sessions studio and an, an art gallery, the last or the Pilgrim, I can't remember, something Pilgrim art yeah. gallery on East 10th Street. So those are four places that you can cruise around, look for music, yeah. and find like-minded people. Exactly. I, I, it's kind of funny. Um, Total Drag opens at 8, so they're the, they're the first, and there's usually a line outside there. And, of course, so that's where I first go. Then Ernie's usually opens a little bit. They're supposed to open at 10, but they usually open a little bit before that. Mm-hmm. And so that's where I go second. And then on my way home, because I live on the east side, on my mm-hmm. way home, I, I hit the east side uh, last stop. And I generally, well, I buy something at least. Yeah something at all three places maybe stop at bed bath and beyond pretty good saturday <laughs> exactly <laughs> okay you don't stop at bed bath and no beyond. i don't stop there I i've had been to, there like once in my life but, i had uh, to make the uh, old school reference so there you go <laughs> uh yeah uh sounds like a great time it is a way to uh still have that shared experience of music lovers that we lost with the whole advent of digital downloading and everything else, which is fine and it's cool, but we lost that record store experience, and this is a way yeah, to I get mean, it back. Yeah, I mean, there's still something to be said for, I mean, when I'm looking at sites and I see a band that I might like, yeah, I'll click on it, but it's, it's through computer speakers. It sounds like crap. Mm-hmm. When you're in a record store, especially if you've established some kind of relationship with us, you can say, hey, can you play this? Tell me. I want to hear what it sounds like. Mm-hmm. And you'll hear it over a real stereo. That's awesome. And so that makes makes a big big difference. By the way, I forgot to mention mm-hmm. last year I actually had something with my name on it released for Record Store Day. What? What was that? The Lydia Loveless EP, live EP. Got it. Got it. Did that? How'd that do? Do you know? I mean, does it was it well received? Everything by Lydia. Oh yeah, Loveless. yeah. Uh, um, uh, I they. I mean, nationwide, it, they sold them all. And uh, by the way, you can you can get you can watch Who Is Lydia Loveless on Amazon Prime now. Oh, really? I gotta go watch that. I I keep forgetting that's there because you told me that before. Yeah, and, uh, my, it's a favorite. See my, my jukebox house. in yeah. my house. <laughs> that's right. And as I said, you know, it's a favorite at our our place. So uh, Lydia is. I the one thing we I keep forgetting to talk to you about this. Con- not concerning Lydia, but this makes me think of uh, a new female artist in rock and roll. And uh, what's this name of this woman? She's coming to town. She's from the Fargo area. She's living in Minneapolis. Ah! Now you're not going to remember her name. You, oh, is, is that the one that somebody yeah. th- that you know keeps asking me about? Yes, I yes, keep forgetting yes. forgetting to check her out. Oh, well, I'm going to come. We're going to talk about that next time because I can't We're remember. both going to get yelled at now by, I know. about this. I know. I thought I could get it up on my computer before we were done with time, but I can't. <laughs> I blew it. I blew it. Uh, Scott Hudson for Weird Friends. Record Store Day is this Saturday. You'll probably see him out there if you go. Thanks a lot. All right. Coming up after the break, we're going to chat with Jesse Schmidt of the Better Business Bureau, and you can find out how to get rid of your sensitive documents. That's coming up next on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Three forty-eight on the Patrick Lally Show. Information one thousand KSOO, and I know you're thinking, I've got all these documents. How long should I keep my documents, and how do I get rid of them? I just knew that's what you were thinking, and so we decided to get on the program today. 
Jesse Schmidt, she's with the Better Business Bureau, state director for the Business Bureau. I am. That's impressive. And, and Don't be. <laughs> and Tim Stark, who's on the board for Crime Stoppers. Hey, Tim, thanks for being here. You're welcome. Thank you. And so why? So, so you, uh, there's a big event coming up. And uh, uh, Jesse, you should probably just tell us it's like a shredding event. What do you? It's just called shred. Shred event. Yeah. What What's happening? This deal. When is it? Where is it? How do I get there? You bet. So it is this coming Saturday, and it's always the Saturday following tax day. Perfect. Typically, for the last several years, and uh, that means you have one more year's tax return that you can shred. And the Better Business Bureau and Crime Stoppers have done this together now. We think about eight years or so. Uh, we were both doing some events singularly, and it just made sense for us to join join forces. So we have three locations across Sioux Falls, uh, and I'm going to have Tim tell you all those details. But really, <laughs> you should bring anything that you don't need to keep anymore. So old bank statements, old tax returns beyond seven years, uh, credit card statements, utility bills, uh Really, any old mail that you think might have, you know, sometimes those credit card offers, mm-hmm. you really shouldn't throw them in your recycle in your trash. Just throw them in a recycle bin, hang on to that stuff for a year. Every year, well, you can bring it out to us and we'll uh, be gladly shred it for you. That's awesome. You know, I have always wondered this because I, I'm getting to the point where I don't even want to keep anything anymore because yeah. my bank statements all come digitally, mm-hmm. which is awesome. Except that all my stuff is somewhere out there electronically, right. and, mm-hmm. but I can't help that. There's nothing I can do about that. But I can cut down on all the financial documents I even get, let alone keep. Uh, Tim, what should I get and what should I keep? Anything that's got your personal information on it. This is strictly to help people get rid of any identity theft possibilities out there. So as Jesse mentioned, anything that uh, has your personal information, bring it on down and we'll shred it for you. Okay, so where do I go to do this? We have three locations. We have one on the west side at 57th Louise, the Midwest Bank parking lot. Mm-hmm. We have uh, downtown at 13th and Main parking ramp. And then the east side, the Washington High School parking lot. Well, so three places you can go to do this. All right, so no excuses, really. No, no, no. Well, and excuses, you don't need, a, you don't need an excuse. You can do this for yourself. Absolutely. Not you could do it for yourself. But, you know, it gets to be tedious. And if we just have a trash basket, you know, trash can shredder um sometimes it can be a little overwhelming for those things that so that's why we're here it provides a great service so this is saturday nine to one at these three locations but you will take you have some other hours where you can bring your stuff into yes thanks for asking we actually started today out at the dakota data shred on uh, east or excuse me west 8th street uh, they are accepting on behalf of crime stoppers this whole week the um, the 5,000 West 8th. I'm trying to place that in my brain. Where is that? 8th and Marion. Got it. Yep. 8th and Marion, right close to the uh, School Bus Inc. location. Yep. And uh, it's from 8 a.m. to 3 p.m. Monday through Friday this week. They'll take it on on our behalf. Well, that's great. So if you can't make it on Saturday, you can do that from 8 to 3 all week. Um, And so this is really about uh, protecting yourself. Does identity theft, even now that we know all these things, you got to do these, these are the things, steps you got to do to protect yourself. Does it continue to grow even though we know what the problem is? Unfortunately, it sure does. The crooks out there are always figuring out ways to to obtain that information. So Crooks. Crooks. <laughs> we hate those guys. Yeah, the numbers are really staggering each year, you know. 
Last year, it was reported that nearly 17 million Americans had their identity stolen last year. You know, so that's nearly one every 17 seconds. And so it is, it is staggering. And um, that's what makes these events just so important is that you, you know, some people say, so I just put it in my recycle bin. And that's all great. Uh, but what if something ends up in your regular trash and mm -hmm. the bag gets torn out at the landfill and your papers tips are over and stuff goes all anything, over. anything can happen or people steal it out of there, yep. you know, and the great thing is um, we have over the years grown some great, great partnerships. As Tim mentioned, Dakota Data Shred, the, our other shredding partner is Good Shred, a division of Goodwill. Um, so we, we will have in some capacity at our east and west location, the ability to shred your documents right there. They also have the ability um, at those locations, and we will at downtown too, is we put your information in a secure bin. That bin is full, and we put a padlock on it. Oh, great. So it's five bucks per box or bag. It's a donation, and that money goes to Crime Stoppers. What do you do with it? We use those funds to get the word out, kind of like we are doing right now, because mm -hmm. obviously this event doesn't go without some cost yep, to it. Yep. And we also uh, give out rewards to people that uh, give tips. That's great. And if I want more information, uh, how, who can I, if, if I don't know all this stuff, I can't remember, is there a website, Facebook? What do I do to find out? Call you guys? Absolutely. You can go to our Crime Stoppers Facebook page. You can give us a call at the Better Business Bureau, 271-2066. Uh, and yeah, our information's out there. You great. probably have heard some stuff on the radio, PSAs, all kinds of places to find the information. That's fantastic. And we'll put that, put that information on our Twitter feed as well. Uh, Jesse Schmidt, State Director for the Better Business Bureau, and Tim Stark, Crime Stoppers board member. The big shred event is Saturday, 9 to 1 at three locations. Thanks, guys. I really appreciate it, and good luck to you. Thank you so much. Thanks, Patrick. We'll be right back with the news and weather with Mr. Dan Peters right after... A break. This is the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. This is a public service announcement with guitar. 3.58 on the Patrick Lally Show. Information 1000 KSOO. Coming up after the news with Mr. Dan Peters, Phil Shrek from KSFY Severe Weather Center will be here. This is KSOO. <laughs> And we bring in, uh, on the phone today on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO, Galen Huber, who is the street manager for the city of Sioux Falls. And uh, on days like today, Galen, you are the most popular man in town, are you not? Well, I've been taking a lot of phone calls and emails today, um, especially with the amount of snow that we had uh, over the weekend. Which is kind of uh, amazing in that, it, okay, I said earlier in the show, the city of Sioux Falls is more aggressive about snow removal than any place I think I've ever been. Uh, is First of all, is that true? Well, we like to think we do it um, as good as anybody else can do it. Uh, we try to pride ourselves on trying to get it done uh, so that we can turn the city back to normal again with the, with the traffic uh, uh, going to and fro. And so, uh, you know, I think we do a pretty good job of it. Uh, and then second of all, how can anybody complain when we have that high of a standard? I don't understand, Galen. What is it that people are upset about? Well, with this snowstorm, first of all, it, it's been the second highest snow amount that I've worked in in the 12 years. 
Uh, the highest mount was back in 2009, the Christmas Eve snowstorm, where we got 19 inches. Mm-hmm. This was this is the next highest mount. We have 14.5 inches. We had 50 mile an hour gusts wind, and we tried um, Sunday morning. We started getting into the residentials and plowing out the city. And for three hours, we went through and tried using snow gates. And I literally ripped snow gates off the moldboard. Now, this is a 600-pound snow gate that's welded and bolted onto a moldboard, and this physically ripped off. That's how heavy this this snow was. Well, it, with any business, you have to reevaluate and analyze what what it is that you can do, and and that continued just to break stuff. Yeah. And so so we took a look at it, and uh, the director Mark Potter and I, and my three two super street supervisors. We actually followed and monitored the, how the plows were going through because we're trying to, to, to see if it's the snow gate was actually providing a benefit for the citizens. So when the gate was up, there was three foot of snow on the average being pushed to the curb. When the, state, when the gate went down, there was three foot of snow in the driveway. So there was no benefit whatsoever to continue to try and use snow gates when I was ripping these things off, the, off it. So at, at 10 o'clock on Sunday morning, uh, we made the decision to suspend the snow gates. So the biggest, the biggest uh, number of calls that I'm taking is the fact that we pushed this this wet snowy, of uh, this wet snow that turned into ice overnight into people's driveways, and it's really hard for them to get it out of their driveways. I, I empathize with them. It was it is really hard to get out of it, but that's the biggest that's the biggest calls we're taking um, here today. Yeah, and I I understand that, and I had uh, uh, a woman. An elderly woman on my Facebook live, Facebook Live t- today saying, you know, I had paid to get my sidewalk cleared and my driveway cleared, and then the plows came and it pushed it all in there, and now I can't get out. And I I get that, but if you paid somebody to clear your driveway, they either should have waited until the plows had come by or come back. And that seems like these things are out of your control, Galen. And I know people don't understand that, but you have to sort of gently tell them. We don't have any other option, right? Yeah. Well, and that's what I tell a lot of people because that's what happens. You know, they have a service, and this service provides probably is, has 50, 60 customers. Mm-hmm. And so they put these guys on a schedule. So after it starts snowing, after it stops snowing, they come out and start clearing their customers' driveways. Well, it takes me a good 24 hours to clear out the city of Sioux Falls. There's 3,000 lane miles in the city of Sioux Falls, and that's like going from L.A. to New York. So I, got, I try to clear that in 24 hours. But so if their service comes and clears their driveway and I haven't got past their street yet, and then we come by, we are going to put snow into their driveway. Mm-hmm. And, and so that's, that's the big catch-22 is they'll call and say, well, my service has already been here. Now you filled my driveway up. That's not fair. Well, what I say is just wait until we're done. But, again, you're looking at a contractor that's, that's on a schedule um, just like everybody wants me to be in front of their place at six o'clock in the evening and no other time, that's when it's convenient for them. Well, it's not convenient for me. I got to plow snow 24 hours a day, and so it, I can see their contractor saying the same thing. I got to plow when I have the opportunity to plow your driveway out, and if the city's been there or hasn't been there, this is when I'm going to clean it, clean it out. But uh, again, I I can't I can't um, get in front of everybody's driveway at, uh, at during daylight hours. I yeah. I have to be I have to work 24 hours a day. We. We started at five in the morning on Sunday morning, and we finished this morning about six thirty, plowing out the city. And that's that's pretty darn good, as far as I'm concerned. That when you get fourteen and a half inches of snow, and we moved moved three thousand lane miles in that amount of time. I'm going to get to my beef here in a minute because you know I wouldn't call you, but I get you on the radio. So, but here's here's my it, 
just between you and me, Galen, these these snow gates, they're they're more trouble in the hinder than in the hinder than they're worth, aren't they? They're just well, they're I'll, just I'll, a kind of a pain in the butt. Well, I tell you what, though, uh, they are they are perfect for snows. If we call a snow alert um, over three inches, and it's it's around that three to six inch mark, these these things work pretty darn good. They will go in, and we we will put the gate down, and it will just about grab everything that that that, that that's going towards the uh, driveway, and we we can keep it out. I mean, there is always going to be snow in people's driveways. I don't care if it's three inches or if it's fourteen inches. When we're using Snowgate, there's always be a certain amount of snow that's going around. But in that three to six range, they have been really effective. We we did a lot of snow alerts this year. This was the eighth one. This is actually a record. We've never done eight snow alerts in one winter season. And we did a lot of snow alerts in that three to four inch range. And they worked pretty darn good. And it was it, really light snow for most of Yeah, it was. Times. It was really powdery light snow, so it was, it was easy to to move. Um, it's kind of like feathers a little bit. It kind of floats around a little bit for you, and that's why you get snow in your driveway because it kind of floats around the moldboard or around the gate. But it was pretty effective in taking that, taking care of that. And, and that's why North Dakota, and they've been in the snow gate business the longest. They've, been, they've had cities up there that have snow gates for 30 years. Mm-hmm. And, and they will suspend using snow gates automatically if it's seven inches or more. They just, if you get seven inches or more, it's automatic. They will not use snow gates. They just found that they, it, it, it it, it, you do too much damage to your equipment, and it, and it doesn't benefit the citizens. Well, we've, in the last four years, have always tried to plow snow using snow gates. And we did again this time. And we found out that in April, when you get 14 and a half inches of snow and it is super wet, it's, it doesn't work. Yeah. And, well, and North so, Dakota is basically a desert anyway, so they don't get that much. They never get more than a few inches. <laughs> well, I, you, I kid. Well, you know, I, I, my counterpart up in, in Fargo, um, they have had a couple dry winters. Now, I don't know what this winter was like, but the, the past two winters, they've had a really light snow amounts up there, and so um, they haven't had been challenged with uh, with it. But Fargo doesn't have snow gates. They're one of the they're one of the few uh, hmm. North Dakota cities that that does not have snow gates. Um, a lot of the smaller uh, towns and cities in in North Dakota have snow gates. Minot, Bismarck, Jamestown, those places all have snow gates, and they've had them for quite a while. So but Fargo doesn't. Eight snow emergencies, that is that really says something because I didn't realize it was that many until you said that. That's impressive. Yeah, we had two in December, one just before Christmas and then one just before New Year's in December, and then we had six so far this fiscal year, and I budget for six. So, yeah. you know, we've, we've, been, we've, been, uh, we've been really active. We have we averaged 44 inches of snow. And right now we have about 65 inches of snow. We've got 24 inches in April, and so we almost got we got over half uh, our average snow just in the month of April. That's crazy. Yeah, it is. Um, Galen, now here's my beef. Okay, uh, you know when you guys go back out there and start pushing it back to the middle so you can pick it up, which I totally understand. Totally cool with that. I'm trying to drive through 26 and, and Southeastern this morning through the worst intersection in this town that I don't ever I tr- avoid like the plague. And they're like that. Eight o'clock Monday morning, and they're pushing the one lane. I was losing my mind, man. I was losing my mind on that. Well, here's here's the interesting thing, and this is what people probably don't realize. I there's 50 miles of road that I have to pick up snow on, Ooh. and the 50 miles that I pick up snow on are only arterial collector streets. They're everything, all the big five lanes, mm-hmm. six lanes. Those are the only ones I pick up. I I don't pick up any smaller <laughs> streets. There are some. There there is a few. I shouldn't say that. There's a few. Uh, blocks of two lane that has back a curb 
um, sidewalk that I pick up. But the vast majority of those 50 miles are all these big arterial streets. And we, we pick up snow 24 hours a day until it's done. So during rush hour traffic in the morning and during rush hour traffic in the evening, I am going to be on one of these big arterial streets. Um, and that's because we want to get in and off it as quickly as possible. Um, you know, if I, if, I didn't, if I didn't have the guys out there during rush hour traffic and I didn't have them out there during the beginning of school, and if I didn't have them out there at noon hour and I didn't have them at school closes, and they didn't have them out there during rush hour traffic in the afternoon, they'd hardly have time to pick up the snow. Yeah. And well, so we're forced to be out there right during these peak times, and, and unfortunately at 7 to 8 o'clock in the morning and, and from 5 to 6 o'clock in the evening, you're going to see us out there um, picking up snow. And these are major arterials. But hopefully hopefully we'll get that done in the, in the next couple of days. The problem, of course, we're having now in April is the snow is so wet and it's getting soft this afternoon that the, my great big blowers mm-hmm. are having the same trouble that your snow blower has. It's starting to plug up at the throat, and I can't get this real heavy, wet, slushy stuff to blow into the truck. Ah. And so we're having a real problem with it this afternoon, and we've had to convert to our athes, which is this conveyor belt on wheels. Yeah. Um, they're very slow, and they don't pick up as quick, but we can still pick up snow. It's just going to take us a little bit longer during the daytime hours to pick up snow. I got crews coming in at midnight. They'll be picking up downtown tonight, and they'll be working on, on streets during the uh, uh, nighttime hours, and so it should go better because it's colder at that time. Awesome. Galen Hubert, you guys, uh, you do a fantastic job. Keep up the good work. You're, uh, I tell people all the time we have better snow removal than any place in the country, so I appreciate it. I appreciate it, Patrick. Thanks a lot. Galen Huber, he is the street, street manager for the city of Sioux Falls and uh, getting your update on snow gates and all the rest of it. We'll be right back with Randall Beck of the Sioux Falls Hope Coalition. We'll talk about pre-K for kids. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. 435 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And I'm quite pleased to be joined in the studio now by Mr. Randall Beck, who, in addition to being my former boss, former publisher of the Argus Leader, former editor of the Argus Leader, and uh, as I said, my boss is now uh, in, uh, the on the board, the board chairman of the Sioux Falls Hope Coalition, which had launched a, a while ago and has some interesting developments that we want to get Randall in to talk about. But first of all, Randall, thanks for coming in. Hey, thanks, Patrick. Good, great to be here. Um, so the, the Sioux Falls Hope Coalition is something you got involved with when you uh, left, uh, uh, when you retired from journalism. Yep, yep. And uh, give me just a little bit of the roots of that organization just to remind people sure. what it is. Yep, you bet. Really, uh, it uh, really goes back uh, about three years. Uh, Doug Morrison, uh, Doug, you know Doug well, used to be head of the school board for uh, many years, uh, city, and, and actually now works at uh, the school district for uh, Dr. Maher. Doug and I uh, kind of became joined at the hip for, uh, because of a sort of a joint uh, passion for uh, mentoring uh, kids uh, in the schools, and and out of that uh, sort of emerged the idea of uh, sort of a a growing recognition that uh, we got a lot of a uh, lot of working uh, uh, poor families in this town who, uh, you know, they're struggling to to make ends meet and. And a lot of times the kids kind of fall between the cracks, not because it's anybody's fault, because mom and, and dad are working a lot of times a couple jobs. And, and the kids in some cases are either raising themselves or, or not getting them maybe the opportunity that 
uh, folks uh, down in this part of the, the, the city, the southern part of the city might get. And so we just uh, brought together um, 20, 25 community leaders and just posed a simple question. What should we as a community uh, do about this? If, if, you, if you study the, the, the stats uh, here and across the country, you know that the growing income gap, I'm sure you're well aware of that, Patrick, uh, growing income gap is really creating some, uh, you know, the widest that the haves and have-nots in a way that we haven't seen in generations, mm-hmm. and that's happening right here and in 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 our beautiful city in ways that I think most folks most folks uh, would be surprised by to to know. And so it's just an opportunity we felt to come in and to address some um, issues there in these uh, families, and they're just struggling. A lot of times they're immigrant or refugee families, they want what you and I have. They want this to be their city. They're trying to build their future. And the the kids, their education, that's the key to really um, you know, so many things. Education is so key. And so Dr. Maher has always said, if we can get those kids to kindergarten ready to learn, and that means preschool, then that closes that gap. And those kids will stay in school and go on to be mayor here and governor and doing what you and I do. And uh, so that's really what we felt this group of community leaders was sort of called to do, was to bring together community resources to step into the lives of these three- and four-year-olds to make sure that they get the same opportunity that uh, kids at uh, 69th and Minnesota get. Yeah, because, you know, I think we sometimes forget that pre-K is not required yeah, that's and it's right. not free that's right it's not like the rest of school so yeah. if a family is stretched thin financially that may be something that they don't take advantage Absol- of. absolutely and uh, as you noted we're one of a handful of states that uh, has no mandatory uh, uh, preschool and uh, and it and it makes a big difference and we know the study after study shows that uh, the kids who don't uh, go to preschool uh, they lag behind in test scores they laying behind in graduation rates, and studies that track them for decades uh, find that they lag behind in uh, in the kind of jobs that they pick. It's a, it's a trajectory that lasts a lifetime. So uh, that's, the, that's sort of the, the, the negative way to look at it. The positive way is that we can get them to kindergarten ready to learn. That changes that trajectory and breaks that cycle of poverty, changes lives for generations. And so this was this year... This school year, the first yep. year? Uh, 2017 was our first. Uh, we got up and running. You know, Doug and I are firm believers in not studying things to death. We believe in, 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 in action. So we created a 501c3 in 2017, Sioux Falls Hope Coalition, put together a, a, a terrific uh, board, working with a young pastor named Rich McCorris and uh, a number of other folks, uh, Doug and I, uh, and working with some church preschool uh, programs have 40 kids in preschool this year, this uh, school year, uh, and are getting preschool in a way that they wouldn't have had before. So it's been uh, really exciting, uh, a lot of hard work, uh, but we are the kind of organization, Patrick, that uh, has no bricks and mortar. We don't, mm-hmm. uh, you know, we never want to go out and raise money to sort of uh, build our administration. We are an enabler. We pull together existing community resources. We believe that uh, this uh, 
this city has over a, non- a thousand nonprofits. We've got plenty of nonprofits mm-hmm. uh, that are raising money to build stuff. We don't want to build stuff. We want to use existing resources. And the churches uh, that are in the Hope Coalition, where kids are going to, where these children are currently going to yep. preschool, yep. Abiding Savior Free yep. Lutheran Church, Peace Lutheran, yep. and Sioux Falls First. Yep. Um, you uh, recently announced that you've gotten. A fifty thousand dollars in community impact funds from yep, the yep. is that from the United Way? Or it's from the United Way. Yes. Yep, yep. Uh, and that's more than you got last. Or that's more. Year? We had thirty thousand uh, this past year, so this current year, and fifty thousand next year. So yeah. And your goal here? What's your budget? Our, our budget for the coming school year is two hundred and seventy thousand. That'll get a hundred kids through preschool. That's a lot. That's a lot. This year is a hundred thousand, and so uh, nearly tripling it next year. But. Uh, you know, uh, estimates from the school district uh, place the number of of kids, the number, the prospects in the city between three and four hundred kids who, either because um, uh, they um, they can't get into, there's a waiting list for Head Start related programs, or because their parents can't afford it, they just can't get into an existing uh, preschool program. And uh, I see that you got a $55,000 lead pledge from a local business leader, which I just assume is you. <laughs> Yo, right? no, it has not no? made. Oh, no. okay. <laughs> yeah, from a group of, uh, of business leaders who just anon- anonymously wanted to really kickstart our campaign. And last week, uh, I, we, 10 days ago, we had a, an event uh, at Minnehaha Country Club, uh, invited business leaders to come in. Uh, and uh, when it's all said and done, uh, with the with the match that was offered there, we will have raised uh, almost a hundred thousand uh, dollars in that event. So that's awesome. We're doing great. So uh, in classic form, I've buried the lead, but I did that on purpose. That's okay because uh, we have some news from the Hope Coalition about some exciting uh, expansion that you're involved in, and we'll get to that. Yep. In just a moment, right after the break. This is the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. The clouds will blow away. 447 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. And we return to our conversation with Randall Beck. He is chairman of the board of Sioux Falls Hope Coalition. And we've been talking about their efforts to fund pre-K for this year, 40 students uh, through a three in three church preschools, and uh, but you've got some exciting news about coming up next yep. year. Uh, you've added Central Church. Yep. Now tell people why that's a big dang deal. Yeah, it's a big deal. Uh, it's the largest preschool uh, in the city, uh, and, and uh, most folks with preschool age kids uh, know that what a big deal it is. People sort of the the mythology surrounding lining up early in the morning to be able to get a, a, a spot at, at, at Central I've ran into, you know, dozens of times around the city. So it's just known for its quality, uh, and uh, so it's just such a great program. And uh, numbers-wise, they have capacity that nobody else does. So we they approached us uh, a number of months ago. They wanted to be in the center of the city. Uh, Central is uh, their, their main facility is in South Central uh, Sioux Falls, but have been doing some stuff through their church in the center of the city. And so this was logical that they began thinking about locating a, as a partner preschool in the center of the city where the need is the greatest and where we've been probably the hardest pressed to 
identify kids and get them to a, a preschool that doesn't require a long transportation. So it's exciting to us. They're, they're renting uh, currently uh, a, a former warehouse. It was sort of a church for a while uh, around um, Patrick. Um, it's it's on 11th Street. I don't know if you can. It's mm-hmm. you know, kind of where near Brennan's old deal there. That, <laughs> yeah, it's the rock and roll. Sense. Can I say that? Yeah, you know, Brennan's the, you know, the old rock deal and roll academy. Yeah, uh, but right it's on in, the loop. <laughs> yeah, it's right on the right on the former loop, and uh, it's a great location, central location, and uh, we think it's just going to be great. They're going to have capacity for up to 50 children. So, well, that is awesome, and so yeah. that will allow you. To, you were at forty. You're hoping yep. to a hundred. Yep, that Hundreds gives you the goal. capacity. Yeah, that's that's right. And uh, you know, like I said earlier, that's uh, we think three to four hundred. So we'd like to each year grow uh, so we can begin to just uh, bite into that uh, overall number. Kind of what really forms the heart of uh, what we do is something we're beginning to call the Sioux Falls Promise, and and it really is this that it seems to us. That if you if you grow up in Sioux Falls and you're a kid in Sioux Falls, that you ought to you ought to just go to preschool. And if you can't afford it, if your folks can't afford it, if circumstances, uh, you know, can't get you to a, a place like uh, Central Central or Abiding Savior, then then this community ought to come in alongside you and help you get to that place. They give you not a a, a favorable uh, shot over another kid but just an equal shot. So it's that Sioux Falls uh, promise that we're really kind of uh, building a, a lot of uh, impetus around. And so it just, it's it's the right thing to do. And uh, we have an opening and people seem to be really responding. Um, Sioux Falls promise uh, is a an actual effort, right? Isn't there something separate called Sioux Falls promise? Or is that all tied up? In no, the, it's tied up with the That's whole That's all coalition. you guys. Yeah, okay. it really is. Yeah. All I mean, right. I, right now it's education and preschool. I can envision a time. Uh, I may not be involved. I may be in my rocking chair on, on, on the back porch uh, by then, but I can envision as we get this fixed. I mean, I'm optimistic we can get this done in the next four to five years. We can get those 350 kids in preschool but then we begin to look at the other issues confronting children and families in po- po- poverty, and that's where the Sioux Falls Promise will uh, kick in for some other uh, manifestation. Uh, another one that I'm particularly interested in, I'm not announcing anything, but Patrick, you'll be particularly interested in that, and, and that is that kids in the title schools and the lower-income neighborhoods, uh, they don't have an opportunity to play ball, to play soccer, to join scouts, mm-hmm. to pick up an instrument to do the myriad of extracurricular activities that the kids in the suburbs do. Because it costs money. In the money. North End. Yeah, because absolutely. it costs a lot of money and because there's nobody to take them there. Yeah. So combination of financial and, and transportation uh, stands in the way of getting those kids the experiences that a lot of kids in the suburbs, it's just a part of growing up for them. I have this dream after uh, we, we deal with this to begin – creating these neighborhood soccer teams and and creating inner city uh, scout uh, troops uh, for kids uh, to give them that rich experience of being involved in extracurricular activities in a way that gives them that 360 education that they needed to just blossom. But to me, that's exciting to think about. That is very exciting because you're right. It's a very... Well, even people who are of means, middle-class families know how much work it is... Oh, my gosh. ...to get kids around. Absolutely. Okay, take... 
take one of your cars away. That's right. Or no car. Nor car. Yeah. Uh, um, and it becomes a completely uh, different that's picture. That's exactly right. I have a, a good friend who's principal at Laura B. Anderson Elementary, just east of uh, of uh, the Morrell plant. And uh, she talks all the time about uh, the kids have this desire, but there's nobody there to really get them from point A to point B because mom and dad are both working at the plant. Mm-hmm. So this, again, it's, it's a solvable problem. It's not something that's insurmountable. And unlike the Minneapolis's or the Milwaukee's or, or the Detroit's, our problems are not so big that we can't fix them. That's the beautiful thing about Sioux Falls is that you can get your hands around it and you can address it, you can fix it. And I think that's an example, just like a preschool of something that we believe we can, we can conquer. It's very exciting. Uh, Randall, thanks for all that you're doing. And uh, my best to everybody in the much. organization. Appreciate and that. we will talk to you again. Please keep in touch, and we'll get another update real soon. Thank you very much. Coming up after the break, we'll finish up here on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. (laughs) 457 on the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. There's a little radio clash for on a Monday, which means we've gotten to the end of Monday. Coming up on Saturday, something you ought to know about. I think they're still doing it. I think this is still happening. The Big Sioux River Greenway Cleanup, something that's near and dear to my heart. Breaking news, it is not happening. I thought that might happen. That's too bad. We're not cleaning up the river this Saturday, but we will real soon, and we'll keep you posted on that. You know, I was thinking, too, uh, I needed to mention when Randall Beck was here from the Hope Coalition, you can donate. They take private donations. $2,500 pays for one kid to go to preschool all year, but you don't have to give that much. You can find the Hope Coalition online, community foundation, different places. Coming up on the show tomorrow, Angela Landine, an instructor at USD School of Health and Sciences, will tell us about Against the Odds, Making a Difference in Global Health. We'll learn about NASA Day at the library and all kinds of good stuff. That's the Patrick Lally Show, Information 1000 KSOO. Switch on the radio.